0: Welcome again, Belinda, Pedro, Felicia, Norma, uh, Maya, Gladys, Natalia, Will, Stowe, Carlos, Ricky. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining the conversation today. Today, like I said uh, earlier, is a very special topic. And for those of you who are part of our Telegram group, and for those of you who are not, we invite you, Erin and I, to go into our BIOS, click on that uh, direct link to our Telegram group so that you can join our Telegram group. This is the Telegram space group uh, platform that connects to our Clubhouse room so that we can keep the conversation going and make it a little more interactive. Every week, I I place we place the photo of the week, and you can see that the photo of the week for this week is a beautiful uh, picture of... The sacred family, the the, the holy family. Uh, sometimes my translation from Spanish is not that accurate. The holy family. So uh, it's a beautiful photo, and it's very fitting for the topic of today. Within the overarching theme of our of our room, which every week is Catholic leadership for civil society, the uh, topic for today is holiness in ordinary life. And why is a photo of this of the holy family a uh, fitting? Feeding photo uh, for the topic of today because uh, that's precisely what uh, what sanctification in ordinary life looks like. It's 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 us. It's our family photos. It's, it's our daily life. It's is and it's not those perfect family photos. We all know what we're talking about, right? I, I know my wife is always shooting for the perfect family photo, and uh, I I think I enjoy more the the. They're really funny ones, the ones that really uh, come up a little messy and and disorganized, or that uh, were a little more spontaneous. So please do share some photos in our Telegram group if you're part of it. i am already seeing some beautiful photos from uh, our friend Christopher Gonzalez. Erin has uh, placed a photo of her and her husband as well. And, And there's one by Crystal Hernandez, these beautiful photos that show us what ordinary life is like for many of us. But let's talk about the topic of today holiness in ordinary life so you know do I could describe it as could, I could try to define it. or I could read you this beautiful excerpt from uh, one of the blogs at the Tepeyac Leadership blog uh, which you will find at TLIProgram.org TLIProgram.org and you go uh, under the blog to read this beautiful blog is one of my favorites um is titled "Sanctifying the Ordinary," and it's by a friend of ours, uh, Price. She's a nurse. She's a nurse by uh, by profession. She she used to uh, practice her career, but now uh, she's a full-time mom. And as she was reflecting, she's also of our blog site, our blog space. Uh, as she was reflecting on her former professional career. She shared, she shared some thoughts on holiness in ordinary life. And this is what she said. I just love the way that she puts it. And I, it's, it's a little long, but please bear, bear with me and, and uh, forgive my accent. I, I, sometimes I butcher the words, but I try to tell the story as best as I can. Here's how it reads. I remember a moment while performing post-mortem care, reflecting on how my work of cleaning this lifeless body was like that of a sacristan who cleans the chalice after the blood of Christ has been emptied. I remember sitting with a patient who had no family or friends in her last hours, reading John 6 to her and singing Abide With Me. I remember supporting families as their parent or spouse was facing their last hours and offering comfort and hope in the resurrection. I reflect on my years as a nurse and I think of those meaningful moments being the crowning glory of my profession, my big moments where I really loved my, my resurrection moments, if you will. But what about my Nazareth moments? I wasted them. The moments of charting, so much charting, driving long distances between patient houses, all the boring days when no one was dying, I was mostly just checking vitals and doing routine assessments. According to St. Jose Maria, Jesus was awaiting me in these ordinary moments. What if I had charted promptly and joyfully? What if I had driven long distances with love and truly deeply listened to how my patients were doing on the boring days? Contemplating this quote filled me with remorse for all my missed opportunities. Yet, as I looked over the edge of the book, through my tears, I saw my little baby. I was filled with the merciful for second chances. My daughter offers me a second chance to love in the little things of my professional, my new professional life, she puts. To change diapers with joy, to stop and tickle her when she crawls over to me. To read her the same book over and over again because she loves it. What about you? What are your Nazareth moments in your job? Where is your small tabernacle? Where is the ordinary corner of your life where Jesus is waiting for you to love? And that's the end of the quote. And and I just, I'm so touched. Everybody, every time I read that blog, I really like it. I think it's so profound. Uh, it talks about precisely that. That, that secret to many. And it's, it really sticker to me that in the ordinary moments of everyday life is precisely where our encounter with God is. I'm talking about the most mundane, as as Mary describes them, the most boring, the most, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how else could I put it? Those 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 times of of our day that that we go through so often, and 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 many times dread, because there's nothing exciting about them. It is precisely in those moments, and in every other moment, where God is waiting for us patiently, patiently to encounter. How do we do it? How do we do it? Here's the funny thing: we're gonna go through those moments. We. They're part of our life. They are part of our our our. our professional lives are part of our personal and social lives those moments are going to take place but there's something we can do with those moments that can help us become a better version of that can help us grow closer to God and sanctify ourselves that can help us grow in holiness by sanctifying the world around us and all that it takes the recipe is so simple all that it takes from us is that we do everything that we're going to do, and anyway. that we do it with love, that we put the best of us into the moment. If it is work, then it will mean that we will work as hard as we can. If it's moment we our families, it will mean that we will be present in the moment and give the best of ourselves, so that we do it to the best of our capacity, And that we offer them up to God as a gift. In that way, there's no moment of life, beautiful, sad, angry, no moment of life that has to be wasted. Every single moment of life can be an opportunity to sanctify ourselves by sanctifying the world around us. And that is this very simple message of the of the topic uh, of conversation today that we want to share with you, and we want what are those moments in your life that may, maybe you dread that maybe you uh, wish that uh, that weren't there and then you would like to replace them with something more exciting but have you found a way to encounter God in those moments and I, I'm gonna stop at that at this point Erin, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on the topic of the day as well, and we invite everybody in the room uh, to please join in the conversation, all right?
1: Yeah, thanks, Christopher. You always um, intro our rooms and our topics so well. Um, I love that quote that you shared from, um, or yeah, the excerpt, rather, from the blog post that Mari wrote. Um, that is such beautiful wording. I, I've read that post, but so thank you. Sharing that with our group, it's inspiring and um, so beautiful. So um, great, great way to lay the groundwork for our conversation today, because um, you know that's exactly what we're talking about is is just our ordinary daily life, we um, being uh, finding holiness, practicing uh, holiness, and sanctifying ourselves and those around us. And Mari um, really helped us visualize that of course from the point of a nurse and then now as a mother for her but um, still so beautiful for us to have an example of how we can look at our own lives and see you know what are the ordinary things that I do every day that um, I can be better at uh, looking to God or or sanctifying myself and those around me um, in those moments so yeah so beautiful I love this topic because it's you know we can uh, everyone can relate to it everyone is living their own lives and there are so many different ways within our lives to be holy Um, and they don't have to be huge things that's not necessarily what we're talking about which I think Christopher did a really good job of clarifying as well it's in those little things it's in the the house chores it's in the car rides to wherever we're going throughout the day it's before meetings and phone calls and sending emails at work it's before encountering people um it's all of these things and more and you know i've i used to be really bad at this obviously i still have a lot of work to do but when we really simplify it and break it down the cold you know um how are we how are we spending time um doing some of those things that we don't always love. Like if you have a really long commute to work, you know, is it, is it good for you to just blast music or, and, and sometimes that's good, but is you use that time to listen to the rosary or pray, um, or even just listen to some spiritual music or praise and worship? Um, you know, just how are we sanctifying those, those little moments, um, we're going to do anyways, we have to drive, we have to. One place to another. How can we sanctify that time? We have to wash the dishes. We have to do laundry. How can we sanctify that time? It's just those little things. So it doesn't have to be anything big or crazy or that we have to spend extra effort or time on. It's it's how can we sanctify the things that we're already doing. So that's why this topic is is so intriguing, and I think it's really beautiful for all of us and of course, apply to our own lives. Um, There were a couple of quotes that I found um, as I was prepping for this room that I want to share um, in addition to the wonderful excerpts that Christopher has already shared with us. Um, One of them is St. Pope John Paul II, and I think it's from his papal papal encyclical (laughs) Laborum Exercens*, which is on human work. He says, The Christian finds in human work a small part of the cross of Christ and accepts it in the spirit of redemption in which Christ accepted his cross for us. I read that and I was, like, astounded. I'm like, that is such a beautiful way to look at the work that we do um, as humans, Um, that it's a small part of the cross. And it ex- we're ex- in accepting that, we're accepting the spirit of redemption in which Christ accepted his cross for us. Um, so I'll share that quote in the Telegram group so you can all have that and continue to reflect on it. But just wanted to share that because really, you know, that brings us to the why. You know, why are we practicing this holiness? Why are we striving to sanctify ourselves? What, why does this even matter? Why is this so important? And, and I think that right there is a really good um, description of why it's so important is because we're taking part in exactly what, I mean, not exactly, but we're taking part, a small part, in what Christ um, did for us in, in embrace the moments. No one can ever, um, you know, do exactly what Christ did. I mean, he paid the ultimate sacrifice, but how can we just be part of that? in our own day-to-day lives through those mundane tasks, through those things that we don't want to do. Um, but yet we accept them and we sanctify them. So that's just one thing I wanted to share. And then this was definitely the Holy Spirit working because, um, it was very random and I won't go into the backstory. But, um, really active and, um, outspoken and (laughs) on social media about the faith and I try to connect with a lot of other Christian and Catholic people, especially. Um, And one of the girls I recently connected with, she she and I don't really talk much, but she just happened to send me some things that she had found about um, a bunch of uh, Catholic apps for your phone. And I'll talk about that later because that's not what I want to refer to right now. But the woman who she had shared them, um, whose account she had shared them from, I went to her account which is kind of looking at some of the other things she shared because she's I think she's Christian, she might be Catholic. But one of the things she shared um, like yesterday uh, was about holiness and I screenshot it. this is so wild. like the Holy Spirit is definitely working somehow through this random, event in my life this morning. So I just wanted to read this quote to all of you. Um, It speaks specifically on holiness and as a disposition of the heart. It's just another perspective and another way that we can approach this, and I just thought it would be nice to bring to light. So it says, um, holiness does not in this or that practice. It consists in a disposition of heart, which makes us humble and little in the arms of God. Well aware of our feebleness, fully confident in our Father's goodness. If we withdraw into ourselves after our falls and weaknesses, we clear away way and only sink more deeply in our misery. But if, on the contrary, we go to God with complete confidence, then our weakness will be fortified and sustained by his helping omnipotence. If in the face of difficulties and sacrifices imposed on us by our duties, we stop to calculate our strength, we will draw back and be tempted to on. But if we stop looking at ourselves, our eyes to God, to his infinite love, the certitude of his help will give us the strength to go on. Just be, something beautiful that I... I was very inspired and awestruck by, and has everything to do with our conversation today. So I will also share that quote in um, our group, and I I can message her. I have no idea where what book that's from. It's a that specific excerpt highlighted in a book, so I can find out if anyone's like seriously interested. But anyways, those are my initial thoughts. Thanks, Chris.
0: Thank you very much, Erin, for sharing that beautiful book with us. Um, I want to invite everybody else who would like to share uh, something that their uh, that is moving in their hearts. They they listen. Please just raise your hand. We'll bring you up to the stage. And I particularly want to invite those of you who are part of our Telegram group. And everybody can join our Telegram group by going into mine or Erin's uh, bios and just clicking on the direct link. But some of you already uh, posted some photos of you and your family and. Uh, a very easy way to uh, join the conversation is by telling us the story behind one of the photos, and and telling us how that ordinary moment uh, was or could have been a moment of encounter with God, and and and, and we truly we truly uh, miss so many moments that. Uh, when we're not really seeking the presence of God, but uh, every ordinary moment can can really be a, a divine moment because it becomes a moment of encounter with God. Uh, and not just the joyful moments, by the way. Uh, we're also talking about work, and sometimes uh, work is stressful or, or uh, difficult. Those moments, too, and even moments of suffering, particularly some would say moments of suffering— can become moments of sanctification and encounter with God. So I, I want to invite, I see um, Brian, oh Brian, did Brian said? yeah, Brian Rosario shared something with us. And, uh, and Crystal Hernandez, I'm very uh, intrigued, Crystal, by your photo of you uh, sewing. Please, if any of you would like to come to the station, share with us moment that you wanted to uh, share with us in the photo. Crystal, I see that you raised your hand. Please tell, tell us about your sewing, Crystal.
2: Crystal. Yes, hi there. Um, I That's actually a photo of my daughter who um, has been exploring different hobbies and sewing uh, was one that she expressed an interest in. Um, and... Really getting her to, you know, explore how God has made her, the gifts he's endowed her with, has been very challenging Uh, with this daughter. She's the youngest and the last child at home. Um, The others sort of, uh, they were easily guided. They were willing and ready but this daughter's uh, temperament is very different. Uh, she is very introverted and loves the interior world of ideas and words and language and and all of this. And so, uh, that picture was her attempt to try to do the beating all kinds of things, but. Um, where she settled is and that was a joy <laughs> that was a that was a time of hilarity uh, what seems so easy uh to me and to and to others sewing threading the needle and this machine has this automatic uh threader to it, but this daughter found it all so cumbersome and so um uninteresting and laborious and finally abandoned sewing after her grandmother had purchased this machine. Now I sew and I'm not that great at it, but I love it for different reasons. So she settled into the world of uh, storytelling and writing and now she's shining in that. But this was a moment and I just love this topic. Thank you so much Erin and Christopher, this topic about the disposition of the heart as um, authentic holiness or evidence of it, being like God in our heart, humble and little, and um, when I think of humbleness or humility and littleness, I really think of me in all of what I am as a human being. Vulnerably so, and unapologetically so. And that's what I saw in my daughter. That's why I posted that picture. Um, and that's what I wanted to share. You know, that is very encouraging. And there's one thing more, uh, if I may. Um, can I take a minute more?
0: Absolutely, please, chris
2: Okay, thank you now that was you know just in the encounter with my daughter in the parent child relationship but in within myself i find the most mundane and the most even though it's mundane it is also very necessary and it contributes to the health and well-being of the family and it's the simple things of cleaning scrubbing, doing laundry, cooking, cleaning meat, and carving up vegetables, washing the dirt off of it, all of this stuff that takes me down into what I consider just the very depths of my own humanity. When I'm scrubbing, I take an old toothbrush and Get right into the crevices I don't want to use the highfalutin um, helps that we have you know, the vacuum or all these things, I really want I I just find I encounter Christ in that there is no there's nothing pretentious about having to clean a toilet it is filthy, it is a dirty job and we're having to deal with dust and pests in my garage and in the earth these things really um, for lack of a better way to say it they connect me profoundly to my own humanity as a creature and then in that I encounter Christ who in 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 his sacred humanity there's almost like a meeting of the two and I'm going to stop there but Those mundane things that most people really, I don't. And it might be scandalous to those who know me outside of my home. They don't, this life I live in my home. Um, Those who know me professionally, you wouldn't think such a thing. I would do such a thing. What
0: do you do professionally, (laughs) Kristen?
2: I'm a marriage and family therapist and an inner life coach and I, built organizations and all this stuff I've done executive life and I've been at the very top of that world Um, but the world that um, moves me the most towards Christ is the world face to face with my own humanity and that of others, namely the members of my household and I love it thank you
0: so much for sharing that Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that with that, us. Uh, so, absolutely. You know, the, the interesting thing is that um, everything that we do, you know, even the work at home is work. So there's, there are certainly, with the type of work that you do, we can certainly see how you help individuals and families and men. Uh, and there's, there's clear, uh, maybe there's a, a more clear way to see how those can be opportunities to sanctify yourself and sanctify the world around you. Uh, but it really is in the most mundane activities of, of life. Uh, there, is a reason, there is a reason that most of the uh, early life of Christ here on earth was sort of hidden from us. If you think about it, uh, Jesus only ministered uh, to, to us, uh, to the world, to humanity on the last three years of his life. So what about the first 30 years? What about those years? What was Jesus doing? Uh, well, I think there is a very strong message that is sent out uh, to us from the scriptures when uh, when much of Christ's life for the first 30 years of his life are, is sort of hidden, it's sort of hidden from us. What was Jesus Christ doing with the Holy Family for 30, 30 years of his life? Well, he was sanctifying ordinary life. He was being a good son. He was being a good uh, worker, artisan at St. At, at Joseph's Workshop. And he, at some point, he was learning a trade. And at, at another point, he was probably taking care of clients in a very good way. You know, one of the institutions, or, or, or um, I want to I think of it as a family, families within the Catholic family. That, uh, that definitely takes uh, as itself the flag of sanctification of ordinary life uh, in the world is Opus Dei, founded by Saint Jose Maria Escriva, often quoted here in this, uh, in this room. They describe sanctification of work the following way sanctified work means to work with the spirit of Christ, to work competently and ethically with the aim of loving God and serving others, and thus to sanctify the world from within, making the gospel present in all activities, whether they be outstanding or humble and hidden. In the eyes of God, what matters is the love that is put into the work, not its human success. Do we understand that? It's not about success, and it's about Putting love into everything that God has placed in front of us, uh, Mother Teresa, uh, Mother uh, Saint, Mother Teresa used to say, "We were not called to be successful; we were called to be faithful." So, to be faithful to God is to do what it is that we're called to do in our ordinary life, and then, uh, with competence, right, to the best of our abilities. So, I see that more people are joining the, the room. It's great to see, with joy. Andika, Gerardo, Ricky, uh, Maria, Makua, all of you, welcome to the room. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about today, actually, let me, give, let me pass on the mic to you, Erin. Maybe uh, you're so much better than me at doing these resets. Maybe you can help us.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Christopher. Yeah, we're, uh, we're about halfway through the room, um, which is wild. I can't believe time is flying by. We are um, Today we're talking about holiness in ordinary life. So, um, what does what does that look like? How do we practice that, or how can we live that out? And where where do we find the inspiration to understand what this even means? Christopher um, has shared um, an awesome quote from a blog post uh, that we produced through Tepeac Leadership Initiative um, about one of our graduates who explained like exactly her experience in um, in sanctifying her own ordinary life as a nurse and now as a mom um, we're talking about how um, how can we do how can we do this in our own lives and, um, one of the things that we're we just started discussing right now is Opus Dei, if any of you ever heard of that. Um, We just defined what um, sanctifying work is based on their definition, and um, we can share that again later and or in the Telegram group. But basically, just what does holiness in your own daily, busy, normal, ordinary life look like? So um, that's what we're discussing today. Crystal has already shared with us, and we'd invite anyone to come to the stage who would like to share as
0: Oh. thank you for that Erin and I want to think of, of, of each one of us and I see uh, our friends in the room and I know that Belinda is a writer and, and she's already published uh, a, I think a couple of books now and, and Pedro is in finance and he helps people um, fix their credit and it's such an important thing in the modern world right to to bring our credit up to uh Facility things for us, and and I know Norma, for example, who works for uh, Saint Vincent, and, and her job is all about uh, clothing and feeding and 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 just build needy in our society. Christopher, for example, hasn't come to this. We'll see his photo. So he uh, has this very important work uh, towards protecting the rights and the dignity, primarily the dignity of the Right? I don't know anybody in, in the group, but I know that uh, Monito is for St. Vincent de Paul. And, and, and so many of you do such important things for your own communities and, and all, through all things. And, you know, here's the thing. I used a bad uh, term because I said important. And, and that not the wrong terminology. Sometimes, things that we might not think as as intent uh, can also become our means to sanctification, and they should be encounters. Every Everything really, everything that happens in life, be an encounter with God. So it really is not about, It's not about the it is. It's not about just read and learn about. Uh, it's not even about being successful. Uh, team, our friend Salvador just joined the room. And, well, we know how important uh, that is and how much of a difference we can do just through the way in which we treat people. But I welcome Norma to the stage, and I, I know that you have something special to share with us, Norma. Yes, can you guys
3: hear me okay? Okay, good. All right. Well, I just wanted to share that... Um, a little bit about my life and what I do to kind of uh, not just live a a good life, but um, a life of uh, in peace, you know, making sure that I keep my family together. Uh, I tried, and I I think I do a good job about (laughs) doing that. Even though I'm a single mom, I try to make sure that my kids know how much I love them you know, that I'm always uh, creating, um, Coming, I always come up with these excuses, you know, to to have all these family gatherings and celebrate life. You know, everybody, uh, everybody spent time together this weekend. We're going up on a family vacation. Um, I love that, and I noticed that uh, whatever our kids, you know, they will they will do they will do, it. and if they don't do it right now, they will do it in the future. Uh, to me, it's really important, you know, to have a job where you feel doing something good. You know, I think it's it's uh, God wants you happy. We do love uh, when mm Christopher yes I do uh, we work on uh, helpful making sure that uh, connect people with uh, resources there's so much that we do here but it's it fills my heart you know and I know that I'm doing God's work I'm not maybe I'm not doing thing that I should be doing but um, I am I, really with the things that I'm doing right now I like to have gatherings at home with different people uh, with people. I invite different people because to me it's a good way to evangelize, you know, make sure that we have those good conversations that I'm connecting people with uh, that I'm helping if they need help and it fills my heart with joy just just knowing that I'm I'm doing something, something good and thanks to those gatherings, you know, people uh, connect with, you know, they, they're, helping people, and, uh, about great stories to tell, you know? Um, so I know that uh, being a, a good Catholic, um, I don't know how good of a Catholic I am, but I know that, um, telling my story to people, uh, they'll remember, they'll remember the, we met and, uh, I just wanted to share that. I just wanted to share that. Uh, just dying, you know, uh, making sure that my son is in yeah in the army right now, and every time I talk to him, um, the first thing I ask is, "Have you been praying?" You know, I I want to make sure that they're praying every day, that is part of their lives, and that they're good to people. You know, just making sure that. I'm teaching them uh, good values and um, and having you know surround yourself with good people. Like Christopher is a really good friend of mine. Erin, you know we work together, and uh, just just make sure that you have people that will bring positive. That's 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 what I wanted to share. Thank you, Christopher and Erin.
0: Thank you so much. You're you're glue- such a good. I really admire you, Norma. You're you're an amazing mom. Everybody here in the room knew knew you. Certainly uh, agree with me, and those who do know know that it's true. Uh, And thank you for sharing that with us. Also, Ricky, you're in the stage. Please share with us. Hey, everybody. Hey, Christopher and Crystal. uh, Norma. Um,
2: Yeah. one thing that I find when it comes to uh, sanctification in ordinary life is fasting. Um, it's something we definitely think about during Lent, but throughout the rest of the year, it, um, it's something that we can do that um, can help us uh, sanctify ourselves in, in an ordinary life. And uh, if you think about it, first thing that Jesus
0: did when he began uh, at the age of thirty, absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't realize you you had to. Yes, that's that's how Jesus started, right? It shouldn't be part of, of Christian life. It's something perhaps like many other things that we have neglected as Christians. Yeah. Right? there. time in the history, at least in the history of the Western world, uh, where Christianity was lived out by Christians in the most in and Syria and there and everybody most Christians knew their faith and practiced their system way and uh, fasting was a, a lot more common it shouldn't be neglected or relegated to just Lent uh, it was never meant to, do, to be that way, simply a, a special way to fast and do other types of sacrifices but you know when I think about fasting I don't just think about uh, fasting the fasting prescribed by the by the church to us but all in which we can fast and this is so connected to sanctification of ordinary life because there are going to be so many instances in life both in the professional space and in the personal uh, private social space when we will have opportunities to give up our own preferences. And I can think of, for example, things as simple as going to a restaurant where you really feel eating uh, Chinese or, or seafood, but your wife and most of the kids want something else. I think will uh, give up their own preference for their family, right? And and that's just a simple uh, little example. Uh, and there might be others maybe at, at, at work where we had the opportunity to take the most comfortable cubicle, the most paid you know, if they, I'm just trying to think of examples. Uh, we have the opportunity to take the most comfortable cubicle, the patient's one, the one that's smaller to the break, whatever might make it more desirable. But their schoolwork maybe it, uh, is nearing retirement and, and, and it's difficult for this person to walk and it would be uh, better for this person. To, to take that cubicle, but it is our choice for some particular reason, and we have the opportunity to give up that cubicle, the most comfortable cubicle, because it is the most accessible, and give it to give it to our coworker. That is a sacrifice that is offered up as well at work, and there are there are a million. I can think of a million different examples of ways in which we can offer up things. things those are our, our encounters with here with us.
4: in my on um, the hallway with three or four priests whose offices are on the same hall as me. Maybe it make it makes it seem as though holiness is in order, uh, just by the presence of being at work. But certainly, you know, watching their lives, I get to work projects that have a a religious nature, a great portion of my, I do write some articles of suffering. So I, to help me remember, to try to strive for holiness, I think about others who, who aren't as fortunate as myself, you know, like our Christian brethren in places like Nigeria. And they are part of our, our family. So I try to remember all those things I, I walk for holiness. Certainly, in the day-to-day um, work at the office, um, popping into places like this on Clubhouse and the Catholics Hub, some of the prayers that the our our Christian brothers and sisters lead there are so helpful. Uh, my 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 children, and thinking about them and leading them closer to Christ is also something that. Helps me to think about my own holiness because if I want them to strive for holiness, they have to see it in me. So I hope that through the work that I do and trying each day and striving for that, that they can watch me and and follow in my footsteps, in the footsteps of Christ. I don't know if that was helpful, but my name is Kelly. Build the mic.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Of course, that was very helpful. Every everyone, is really, about uh, the you know, hard that we put into uh, doing as best as we can in our life, and at every moment that this is in front of us, it's not. I repeat, I've said it already. It's not about success. It's not about reaching a place. Uh, you know, only God is perfect, but that doesn't mean that. We cannot strive for human perfection and as I have explained before, all that that means human perfection is uh, trying to do things as best as we can as a gift to God you know we cannot offer up if we think of lights but they used to bring sacrifice to the temple right we all uh, understand this concept of, of the of the uh, the people of Israel bringing sacrifice individually each person at, at different moments. Uh, in the year, uh, bringing a sacrifice to God, to them. Okay. For for, uh, for the church, for the Catholic church, for uh, for us lay people, our means of sanctification is by offering up every moment uh, of ordinary life, putting the, the best of us into it, doing them with love, doing what it is that we love, and offering it up to God. Well, of for up uh, uh, to God, something that is done halfway, right? Just like the Israelites doing uh, a, a, a less than perfect dove or calf or whatever they sac- going to offer, they, they would find the ones that were uh, without stain, without blemish. The ones, the ones that were just uh, the most perfect specimens that they could find, and that's what they w- would offer up. Well, that is exactly what we need with what we offer up to heaven to sanctification of ordinary life to do is we need to present the best that we can present to him as uh, uh fathers as parents as as in the dimension of our lives we can offer up to god our ordinary life or ordi- the ordinary moments of life but we need to put the best of us into them because we cannot offer up to God something that is less than perfect. And again, what we mean by perfect is only the best that we offer up to Him, right? But Belinda, and I've joined this this stage. Actually, joined first. Would you share with us? Thank
5: you, Christopher. So yes, I'm um, um, single, friend without my family. Canada in Toronto. I moved here last year and I joined this amazing parish, St. Wilfred, here in Canada. So one Sunday, I joined in the ushering department during the heat of COVID when we resumed to help um, guide the disease, to go and maintain and I did it for two weeks. Subsequently, I think on the third week, I spent that my friend, being and Master at 8, you have to watch at 7.15. And all that time, I have personally said to myself, that's well, why you have to stay back and sanitize the church, sanitize the pews. And um, mix, um, which means that master would usually take one hour from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, it takes me from 7.15 to sometimes 9.15. Uh, or 9.30 if we're slowing. No, it makes me blind. Even if I am out today on my phone, I know that whatever happens, I have to get back to my house so as to meet my parish where I am needed and not just needed, where I feel or I am working for God, where I'm dedicating my time to God. And a couple of people have seen that dedication in me and have joined the ushering department that we now have lots of hands on deck and this just makes me feel happy and um, I hope I encourage people that you can give your time give up stuff but also give up your give your time to God in ways that will be useful and helpful to the church
6: and uh, that's
5: I see as a form of sanctification
6: you just said about giving your time to God because when you you kind of sanctify each hour St. Thomas Aquinas had prayers for everything he did like it was amazing if he was ready to start working he had a a prayer before work he was ready to start studying he had a prayer before study like if you look it up there's prayers by St. Thomas Aquinas for just about everything you can do and if you didn't have time to do a whole prayer just to say God I give you this meeting with the catholic leaders that i'm going to be in in this morning help us all to do well and i sanctify this next hour you know call upon the holy spirit whatever um saint cecilia i think did a every hour she would talk to her guardian angel and ask her to help her through the next hour but that practice of the presence of god where you just know that he is with you and whether you're washing dishes you're putting on a load of clothes you're going to work you're healthy a child get into the bathtub whatever you're doing that's you're doing that for God that time is uh like she said Makua said that time is dedicated to God and each activity is dedicated to God it's all part of the worship of God by keeping him and keeping our keeping him in our heart and keeping us in his presence St. Therese had this picture that the face of Jesus was above her looking at her at all times
1: and so she was really literally
6: walking before the face of God. So if we think about our life like that, then it's easier for me particular, particularly to, to find that, um, you know, he's always with me and I'm always doing what he wants me to do. And as long as I keep doing that next right thing and dedicating it to him, I'm making, I'm sanctifying all those little moments in my life. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Belinda, and I wish we had more time. You have given us such uh, wonderful references. I hope that you will follow up with them and maybe share some links to those prayers or different things that you referenced to in our Telegram group. But at this point, I'm going to invite Erin to uh, uh, take on the mic and and give us a wonderful summary that she always knows how to do uh, before we wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, and Erin.
1: Yeah, thanks, Christopher. Thank you um, to everyone who shared on stage today. There were so many of you who shared awesome things, as per usual. We love this conversation every week, and it's it's thanks to all of you. So um, I'm just going to summarize um, the points that I was able to take down <laughs> that were shared throughout our conversation so that we can all have a little reminder going Um out of this conversation and into the rest of our week. So Christopher began us uh, with sharing a quote or excerpt from a blog post on our TLI um, blog. And if he hasn't already, uh, I'm sure we can, he or I can share that in our Telegram group. Um, I won't reread it because it was rather lengthy, but it was basically talking, um, it was the author of the blog post sharing how she um struggled to see how she could practice this holiness in her daily life and then kind of looking back into being a full-time mother how she knew and like, oh, this is what this looks like, this is how I do it. It was such a beautiful depiction and description for um, all of us to listen to, so we will share that in the group. Um, Crystal, you shared a lot of awesome things. One of the things I took down that you said was, um, I think think I got it, but I may have paraphrased. You said, when I'm face-to-face with my own humanity, Uh, The gritty work at home, that's when I find my wholeness. Um, So beautiful, and I love that you shared just, I mean, that is like the truest form of this definition. You talked about cleaning toilets and doing other things at home. Like, that's so beautiful that you just really, truly take that time to heart to offer it up um, for sanctification and um, growing in your own holiness. So thanks for sharing that with us. Christopher, you brought up an awesome point about Jesus and his model for us in this, you know, what was he doing for the first 30 years of his life? Well, he was sanctifying his ordinary life. He was working as a carpenter with his father. He was living at home with his parents. He was living a normal, ordinary life of a person who works. (laughs) Um, it was only, I mean, we forget it was only in the last three years of Jesus's life that he, um, spent his full time doing his ministry. So, um, so he, I mean, he's the perfect example of this, as per usual. <laughs> um, we mentioned Opus, well, we didn't mention it. We, we wanted to probably talk about it more than we did, but Opus Day, if, if you've never heard of it, is a great um, organization that this is like literally what they do. This is their message. This is their mission. This is what they focus on, and I think Christopher shared their link in our telegram group already so i would encourage all of you to look at it but um he he read their uh, definition of, of sanctifying work um so we'll we'll make sure that you all get that specific one as well but so beautiful and just clearly defines exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about this this holy and ordinary life um, Norma, you shared such wonderful things, and I echo what Christopher said. You are a wonderful mom. I have um, i don't know you super well, but I know enough to, to know that. So <laughs> thank you for sharing um, your own experiences with us. Um, one of the things that you said that I took down was, whatever we teach our kids, they will do. Absolutely true. I mean, I'm not speaking from experience yet, but <laughs> in the people who I know who... Um, our our parents um that is i've heard that time and again um in other words you know it's our example and our words and our actions uh for our children are so important and it sounds like um you are doing such an amazing job of leading your kids towards christ so thank you for sharing your own experience Ricky, uh, you shared something short and simple, but very profound. Um, Fasting. Fasting is something that we can do to sanctify ourselves in ordinary life. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He fasted a lot. (laughs) He, Again, he set a wonderful example for all of us to follow. So thank you for bringing that into this conversation, because I think we often forget that fasting is a huge part of how we can sanctify ourselves. Um, Kelly, thank you for coming to the stage and sharing today. You uh, talked about a lot of awesome things. I took down a couple. Um, Again, I I think I got this right. Hopefully I didn't botch it, but um, you talked about how just focusing on others and focusing outward can help you think about and reflect on and practice your own holiness. Um, so true and so powerful. And I know you gave the example of your workplace. So thank you for sharing that with us. And then you talked about your, um, home life, your family life and, and said, um, if I want my children to strive for holiness, they have to see me doing it. Um, how beautiful. Um, absolutely. I think that's, Uh, echoes what Norma had shared earlier. So thank you for being an example to all of us of that as well. Um, Makua, thank you for sharing uh, how you live out holiness in your um, ordinary life, in your weekends, specifically and how you serve your church as an usher. I think we can all learn a lot from you um, in the sacrifice of time that you specifically mentioned how like I have to be up early Sunday mornings to serve at my church. So that means my Saturday night may look a little bit different. I, you know, maybe you don't go to bed as late and you, you plan <laughs> plan ahead and get the rest you need and things like that. So thank you for bringing that, that part of this um, concept of sacrifice into this conversation as well. And what a beautiful way that you live that out. And last but not least, Belinda, uh, you always have great things to share. Um, I, again, wish we had more time. Um, but you said, or you mentioned, like, how prayer before, during, and after everything we do is, is so important. And, um, you gave the example of like praying before this room, um, and praying before the important thing, well, everything that we do. Um, but yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I actually, I will say I do offer a prayer before this term every week for all of you and for this conversation. So I hope that many of you, too, can can join me in that um, so that we can all be inspired by one another each week. Um, And then last but not least, uh, you said, Belinda, uh, do the next right thing and dedicate it to God. I love that. I love that. So thank you for sharing, everyone. Um, What a great conversation, and we are always happy to have you all here with us.
0: Thank you so much for that, Erin. So we have about a minute left, and this is a one-hour conversation every week by appointment. So join us next week for uh, this Your Clubhouse Room, Catholic Leadership for Civil, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. That's our, our mission. That's, that's what we talk about. But every week it's a different topic. And next week we're going to talk about Into the Bridge. That's the name of an exhortation, apostolic exhortation by Bishop Thomas Olmsted. My Bishop, uh, which was directed to men. It doesn't mean that next week's conversation is only for men. So, ladies, please do join us. It's a very important conversation that has everything to do with what it really means to be a Catholic man. So, uh, that's next week. But please follow Aaron and I. I also invite you to keep the conversation going in our Telegram group. But follow us here on Clubhouse. Uh, go to our bios, and you'll be able to... Uh, join us on telegram click and join us on telegram so that you are part of that group as well and that's how you'll be able to also see the image of the week and interact with our with with everybody in this room by sharing different resources and links to different resources also don't forget to join the catholic professionals club here on clubhouse join us live on clubhouse thursdays at 9 a.m pacific if you like what you heard today listen to it again or share it throughout our weekly podcast. You can find it in all the platforms. Just look for Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. That's the name. Remember, this is an invitation to step into the leadership role that God has for us in civil society, but also for us at home, right? When you're a parent, you are a leader at home. And in every aspect of our lives, leadership is not a position. It's it's a state of mind. It's a disposition. Why? Just look at the world. I say that I truly believe that that is is where we can find our reason. Look at the world. If not now, when, if not us, who? Have a wonderful day and a blessed week. We'll see you next week. Thank
1: you, everyone. God bless.